Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with Kashrus matters for, kosher, for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, and you're uh, editor of Kashrus Magazine. You'll have to excuse me, I have a shtickle cold, and you might be able to recognize that. <coughs> but we're going to try our very best. I won't be able to talk too loud. I hope they turn the, can you turn the volume, volume up a little bit? I want to be talking more softly because of limited capability. We left off last week. We're discussing a very important topic, what I call the myths of Kashrus. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to go through many of them, <coughs> and I hope to be able to do the majority of them, all of them, right now. But as always happens, people contact me and say that they, they couldn't hear the whole show. I don't have enough <coughs> time and enough koyak to be able to repeat with the show. And that's why it's archived here at jrootradio.com. And anybody who wants to can simply uh, download that, I mean, listen to that show again. <coughs> a few a few days after the show, you can, you can pick it up and you wouldn't have any problems whatsoever. So that's the simplest method to, uh, to, to fill in something that you're missing. If, let's say, for example, it's 6.15. So figure out. Uh, 15 minutes after that, the start of that uh, little show, you can you'll hear the thing that you're missing. And it's, it is important to listen to the shows entirely if you can, because there's so much material and it's very me- easily misunderstood, as we've mentioned in the past. I'm sorry I can't answer all the questions that come in on the texting. We do look at all of them. So you can text us anytime at 347-927-8398. But we won't take any call in until much later. Last week we mentioned some of these myths. The first one we started with was the fact, another fact, I'm sorry, was the myth that Rabbi Yisrael Belsky was the posek for the OU. In reality, Rabbi Belsky is, was a renowned, that's all, was a renowned posek, beloved by everybody, and he was obviously a very important person at the OU, but he wasn't the posek of the OU. The OU was set up in a different way. He was a halakhic authority, and they have other halakhic authorities they rely upon. And the ultimate decision is really being made by Rabbi Menachem Ganak, who was the CEO of the OU, Kashrus. I'd like to, to adjust that slightly this week. I'm thinking about it later on, and then I have the shocking news today. Rabbi Holzer was Nifter. Rabbi Holzer was the, uh, the in charge for the RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America. They had a Kashrus commission Kashrus program, they are exactly what it's called. I think it was Kashrus Commission that was a um, that, that, that worked together with the OU. And even though Rabbi Ganak runs the OU Kashrus, but Rabbi Holzer for many, many years, and I think, uh, I, I don't know if he was doing it currently, that I really don't know, but whoever was doing it currently um, had a certain oversight. So even Rabbi Ganak. Uh, is as adept as he is, and he's definitely the best thing that ever happened to the OU, as far as I'm concerned, even though I love some of the people who were there before. But I still say he's one. Of, he's the best thing that ever happened to the OU. And he, um, he, uh, he, he may want to make all the decisions, but he knows in the background that the RCA has some kind of uh, uh, oversight or uh, watching what he's doing. And 
communicating with them and, and giving their approval or not a disapproval of, it, of certain things. So definitely there are people, maybe within the OU itself, because there's a lot of balabatim and there's uh, officers and a lot of money is being handled there. Uh, it's very possible that uh, other people in other departments have a strong say in some of the uh, decisions that, that they make. Uh, kosher atreif is something that really is left up to rabbis, and uh, Rabbi Ganak is uh, eminently qualified to decide which way he, he wants the OU to go. But uh, he doesn't do it in a vacuum. He does it with uh, consultation with a, a different rabbanim. And uh, there are other rabbanim that are not so pub- publicized that they're involved with them over the years. Uh, I know that they had involved uh, some of the leading rabbis in Eretz Israel. I know that uh, Rabbi Yosha was consulted at times, Rabbi Moshe was consulted. You know, these the people, the Gedoli Israel were consulted many times by the OU, uh, even, those in, even though they're not the regular rabbanim who are working in halacha at the OU. So that's a little more understanding on that topic. But more important for us was the fact that we mentioned last week that the, the different rabbanim in charge of the hashkachas, you know, see somebody's ahead of a vad, you figure he must be really in charge, and everything he does, I mean, if he's sitting there with that beard, and I know him, and he learned in yeshiva, he davens with me, I, I, they say he's a Talmud Chacham, I know him personally, I would eat in his house, and you make the assumption that he makes the decisions for the kashas agency, very often you're wrong. Very often. I gave three stories last week about it. I'm not going to go through the stories again, but there were stories about people who do run cautious agencies, and uh, in all these cases, they wish they could do something different, but they can't. And so, so obviously there are people who are making decisions other than they. Now, I think I'm on a new topic already, so listen to this. This is a common myth. A mashkiach had a plan sets the standards. And uh, I'm sure he eats the food that he certifies he's the, that he's watching. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The mashkiach does not have to eat the food that he certifies, that he's working for, that he's, got, that he's supervising. He doesn't have, he's not the Rav Hamachshir. The mashkiach in the, in, the, in the store that you go to is not in charge of anything. He follows orders. Uh, he's only as good as the orders that the kashvah agency gives him. Now, it's true. With Yerushimayim, he'll do it to the fullest. He'll take whatever he's supposed to do and do it benemonis completely. And the more from he is, the more ehrlich he is, the more solidly his, uh, his work is going to be. But the final decision of whether we use this ingredient, whether we allow vegetables that are dipped in the, some salt water for 15 minutes, or we actually do a shmata bedika, or we buy out of a bag, and whether we, how much hashkacha will allow in that bag. Those decisions are not made by the mashkiach. Absolutely not. He would be, he, he would be fired if he started changing games. If he changed the rules on the Rabbi Machshir, he would be fired. Now, sometimes there are cases where a mashkiach has asked to do something he doesn't hold as correct. If he said, they put the food out, put the, the you know, put out the vegetables. But but they're coming back bad. I can't do that. So that's when he's got to decide. If they ask him to do something like that, which he holds is really serving the people uh, bugs, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, the system isn't working, 
Well, the system says you don't put it out now. The system you were asked to follow says that. And the rabbi, he wants to cut a corner. Or the, or the owner of the store wants to cut a corner. Then the mashkiah has no right to do it. He has no right to say, you know, I'll go along with it. But if the system is, this is what we do, then he has every right to do that on a regular basis. And you shouldn't look at him. You could ask him, do you eat? You could ask him, is this your, would you agree with the procedures you're using? You can ask him, and he certainly can answer you. But you certainly can't expect that he, by virtue of being there, and by virtue of doing the work in the place, that he has set the standards. It's absolutely false. Another, another common myth if a cautious agency gives Hashkochus the Chol of Stam or the Paspalter, then they hold it's okay. That's not true either. There are many Kashvis agencies, the Vada Kashvis of this, a national Kashkocha, and they literally live two standards one, what they want, and one, what they feel that many people want and they feel halakhically they're allowed to deal with. I'm going to explain it to the Oilam. I don't think most people grasp this at all, and I hope by the end of this little discussion you will get it. it, it the OU gives Ashkocha to Chalv Yisrael. They give Ashkocha to Chalv Stam. They give Ashkocha to, to Pas Palter and Ashkocha to Pas Yisrael. And they have different lists. That this is our past Israel list. This they have a Yashin list. They have a non. Everything else is not Yashin. Most of the stuff is not Yashin. But they do have a small Yashin list. This is our. These are our Yashin products, and they, they they list that that you can get a whole copy of that. It comes out every year, the list of products that they have that that fit these special requirements. So they try to work with the Chal of Israel community. If the Chal of Israel community were more dominant then that's exactly what the, the OU or the, or the OK would be doing. But since it's not uh, as dominant, that even very religious people uh, are satisfied with Pas Palter and satisfied with Pas, uh, with Chal of Stam. So therefore, uh, they, this is the way Kashrus is set up in America today. For many, many years, the Star K n- did not certify anything the Chal of Stam. In fact, it was one of the basic conditions that Rabbi Heinemann had for the Star K. We cannot do Cholov Stam. And then all of a sudden, he noticed that he was in a difficult situation. Many of the companies that he had wanted to do or were doing Cholov Stam products. They made Parva things, but they wanted to make Cholov Stam too. They weren't going to pay for Cholov Israel. They weren't going to get availability of Cholov Israel, and yet they wanted to have a dairy product. So what were they to do? So what he did was he worked together, he partnered with this, the, uh, the Young Israel, the National Council of Young Israel, and created a new hashkacha called Star D. So it's a lot of times confused for the Star K because the Star K administers the Star D, but the Star D is not the Star K. So sometimes you'll find a product that says Star K Dairy, and there'll be an announcement in the paper this is an unauthorized Star K D. Product is not Star K certified. 
it's certified by star D. So it's the same people running the, uh, do, doing the work, and it's, everything's working out of one office, but uh, it's a different business. It's a different uh, service. The star D is uh, the Young Israel, National Council of Young Israel, and the star K is, uh, which you know, there's the star K in Baltimore. But the actions are run out of Baltimore. So this is done because otherwise they'd be out of business on a very, very large amount of business in America. So Chal of Stam is a big, is a very, very important thing. And they do include it in their system uh, in this way. And um, the, the, all the other organizations do the same thing. My Rebbe was Rav Asher Zim in Zatzal. Avram Asher Zim, anyone who knew him, knew that he was a big Yeresha Mayim, very mocked, but you couldn't get him to move on anything. Not L'Churma, not L'Kula. The only thing you could do is if Rav Moshe Feinstein said something, it was not like he said, then you could tell him, and he would change. But otherwise... He knew what he wanted. This is what it was, and there was there was no there was no moving him. He was so adamant about uh, Yashin and Chal of Yisrael. You can't imagine. But he said to me, Rabbi Yisuf, this many many years ago. Topo and I just started the magazine a couple of years. He was in our Rabbi Zimman gave a shear by us in the yeshiva. We had the yeshiva for nineteen years, and uh, Rabbi Zimman gave the shear in Yeridaya, and he was my rabbi for thirty years. So when I, when I saw about him talking about that, the Kufa, talking about in the early 80s, and Rabbi Zimman said to me, Rabbi Yosef, you can take Cholov Stam product for advertisements. I said, what? You know, this is uh, the man who, who thinks of Cholov uh, Israel is like, you know, uh, he, maybe he was given for Moshe Rabbeinu before the Hasinai, before, before, before Chazal made it up. I mean, he was very, very, very strong about Chal Israel. He held that you can't just switch and become Chal Israel. You have to kasha your kalim. He felt very strong about it. And yet he said to me, you can take Chal of Stam product advertisements. You're not selling it. You're just being modiya the people. Because that is the concept that we have. If people want to be kosher, chal of stam, then that, that's fine. We're going to work with them being kosher, chal of stam. That's the OU position. And then many of the other agencies, even if they would like to have everything chal of Israel, they're not going to do it. And Rabbi Belsky Zatzal spoke about this only a little while ago at the at an ACO convention in the OU offices. And he said that if there are people in New York City want Chal of Stam with the OU, then we're going to give them OU with uh, the Chal of Stam product. That's, that's, what he, that's what he said. He said he didn't believe we have to limit the people in New York City to only Chal of Israel. I mean, it, it, I think it would be a wonderful thing to do it, but it, it, anyway, he, that's what he said. We're here to serve the people. And that's by the, all the consciousness. Look, so therefore, don't bring any proof to this discussion about Chal of Israel and Chal of Stam from the fact that kosher agencies do it, they're doing it to serve the community. The same thing applies with paspalter. I'm not going to go into the topic of paspalter and pas uh, Israel, but paspalter is is bread that is baked by uh, a bakery. You know, if you get these bags of bread that the national companies would have a OU or a, 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 a Kavke or an OK, 
these big these big companies that make uh, breads that are packaged. So those 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 breads are, chal, are called paspalter. They're baked by non-Jewish bakers. There's a question in halacha whether you're allowed to use that. Some people are makbed and some people are not makbed. Doesn't mean anything that the kashas agency is giving those hashgachas because what are they supposed to do for the rest of America who don't live in a, in a community that has a promo bakery around the corner? Now, these are things we have to understand. It doesn't really reflect a, an approval of the kashas agency. It just means that they're servicing the needs of the people who have those needs. We come to another area now. And this is very important for all of us listening. A cashier's agency is using raisins. They're using strawberries. They're using blueberries. They use they give a they give a on wild salmon. Does that mean that there's no problem with these items? Does that mean they're not concerned about the anisakis in the wild salmon? Does that mean that they don't believe what we've been talking about, about the problems of blueberries or strawberries or raisins? If they're using pineapples, and you say, you know, does that mean that they, they don't care about the, our problems we have about cutting off the ends or whatever it is? Whenever you, you were told that you should be machmiran, but it, whether you do it or you don't, that's not an issue right now. But those things that you've heard over the time, uh, water in New York City, anything that you've heard that there's a, a reason to be concerned about, and you see a cashier's agency isn't going with that. Does that mean that they hold there's no problem? This is a tricky question. Can't say the same thing maybe as the other one with the Chalestam and the Chalapata. He would talk about a question, can he eat it? He can't eat it. So the answer is very simple. That's a myth. That that if you see them e- using raisins, strawberries, and blueberries, and wild salmon, and that means that there's no problem. That's absolutely a myth. It doesn't mean that. Because how do you know what they did to get that acceptable to them? How do you know how hard they worked, how limited they are, how often, how much work they do to get that, and how, and how, how do you know that they start, didn't stop it already from doing it also? You can't bring any proof of what a cashless agency does in, these, in this regard. First of all, one thing is for sure. They're capable of doing better work than we are in terms of checking the vegetables and vegetables and fruits. They, they can select places to buy them from. They have uh, trained people who know how to examine them whether they're examining all of them or they're making a chazaka, but at least they do know how to do that work. And it's, our situation is really not comparable. It's similar, but it's not the same. And therefore, if people tell you don't use the raisins, don't use the strawberries, et cetera, et cetera, that's saying you shouldn't, means me also, but the conscious agencies, if they feel that they're on top of the situation at that particular time, that's fine. Just, just like a aren't people buying some brands of romaine lettuce? And yet, it's a hard thing to check romaine lettuce. And most people don't know how to do the shmata badika method. And so there's really the hard thing to guarantee that, that romaine lettuce is okay. But yet, we do know that the cautious agencies do certify some of the romaine lettuce. And some of them put in bags. Some of they, they, they do in the stores. So, so therefore, this thing about the 
raisins and strawberries, blueberries. It's the same kind of thing like that. It, it's just a question of whether it can be replicated by us as easily as the work that they do. I want to tell a quick story that uh, we mentioned maybe on, on the show before. But uh, there's a, a, a very fine yet. I'm going to leave out the name. I'll leave out the name of his company also, although I think we once mentioned it or twice mentioned on the year. There's a company that provides bakery goods to baking companies, to uh, bakeries. And a lot of them from, and, and they're also Bagoisha bakeries he has to supply. So he, for a long time, was using raisins. And I, I happened to ask him, I said, you're using raisins? He said, yes. I said, you have Ashkacha? He said, yes. He told me the name of Ashkacha. Very, very strict Ashkacha. So I said, how, how, how do you do it? He says, well, I can't tell you everything. I'm only allowed to buy raisins from a certain place certain country or a certain area. And then they're going to take, they take samples and examine it. And if they get back to me that it's acceptable, then I can use it. So he was doing that. And, and I, I met him in, I think it was no, November of this year at the, uh, at the uh, at Kosher Fest. And I asked him, how's it going with the raisins? So he said, I don't use raisins anymore. Only currants. I said, why? He said, I was losing too much money because the cashless agency would take the samples and go through it thoroughly and get back to me most of the time, no. <laughs> and, and I had some of those times he had to own it. And he lost a lot of money by buying these things hoping he was going to be able to get an approval on it, and he wasn't able to. So there you go. Uh, the system didn't work. So for a while, it was working. Now, if, if I would have gone, if you would have told me, if I'd have told you uh, a while back, I would have said, oh, well, yeah, this, he does that. He they, 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 they can make, uh, you can get the raisins very easily. They're still doing it over the, by, this, by this gentleman over here. All the bakeries are getting from him. So that would have been true at one time. But then it stopped. And that's what we all have to realize. A, sometimes a lot of work goes into it. Maybe it's a special run for a certain amount of time. Maybe it's with extreme effort. And maybe they stop it. So this means don't look at the fact that a company is using raisins, strawberries. as a yeah. If you trust the Hashkacha, that they're doing a good job, so fine. No one says that they can't do a perfect job on these things. Anything that we are concerned about, they could control. If they're sincere, if they're doing their work honestly, I'm, I can guarantee you that all the concerns you've heard on this station, the cautious agencies could take care of. But sometimes they choose not to do it because it's so difficult and because they don't feel that they're going to be able to guarantee it. And they, they just decide this is not going to be a good part for them just like this gentleman now is only using currants in the baking goods that he's selling. So that's, a, a, I think, a very interesting story. I have really a whole nother, I don't know, 10 or more of these things, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keep you, people waiting forever. I'd, I'd, li I'd love to hear your calls. You can call in now, 718-683-5858. Any cashless questions? If it's something about what we mentioned, fine. If not, 
but we're glad to hear from you. And before we start by answering any of the questions, I just want to say a word or two about our sponsor, which is uh, Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. You know, at Glotmart, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you can save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. Uh, there are a couple of items that are on sale now, which will not be on sale until, you know, only just today and tomorrow. If you want to run in there and grab a 12-ounce uh, Taster's Choice coffee, it's $9.99 for 12-ounce. Um, they have Hadar lasagna noodles, regular oven-ready, two for $3. Kedem sparkling grape juice, two for $5. Uh, veal spare ribs, $8.99 a pound. These are a few items that I just ticked off here. Norman's Greek yogurt, six ounce, 99 cents. And Tuftam Tahina is two for uh, that seven ounce size, is two for $5. But starting on Wednesday, see here's a couple of the items that you might be able to pick up if you'd like. Uh, they have the B&B mini pretzels, six for a dollar. Post fruity or cocoa pebbles, 15 ounce, two ninety nine. Pashka's mint thin. Mint Thin, 7-ounce, 2 for $5. It's a good price. Beigel's Chocolate or Cinnamon Pinwheels, two ninety nine. Oberlander's Hamantaschen, or we're in the season already, 18-ounce at three ninety nine. So these are some of the items. And at Glotmart, you should know that the quality meats is A1. With kosher certification for both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush, with Basie Jose Meat as expert Nikor, at Glotmart you're getting quality kosherists. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Cautious on the Air over J-Root Radio. Now I'm going to go, uh, I see that no one called in yet, but you can reach us, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. The phones are open. And the texting is 347-927-8398. We do have a couple of people who texted in. Um, they're asking me uh, whether certain raisins are good. Now, you have to understand, my position is not anything. I'm not a, a, a big, big, big maven in this. I work with the, the David Goldstein and I work with other people in the industry. <coughs> I try to be on top of what's happening, but that's as far as I go. I don't take responsibility that I know everything about everything. We are of the opinion that at the present time, raisins are not recommended. That's the opinion that we have. And I read a lot about that, and I, I have something here which I'm going to read to you now. And... Uh, you know, you might think I, I, I made this up. <laughs> I just read it off the, from somebody from three, it says three seconds ago. So it was 626, so it's a little more, a few more than three seconds ago. Anyway, I'm reading now from, this just happened to be that I had this with me and I was going to read it to you anyway. But since this gentleman or lady texted that in, it's very appropriate. I'm reading from, to you from the Jew, Jewish Tribune from London. It's the London Jewish Tribune. 
very wonderful paper. Uh, I get it all the time. Uh, if you have a chance to read it, it's very kadai. Especially a front person living in, in, in New York. It's a wonderful thing to see how they're living over the other side of the pond. And uh, it's, it gives you a very, very nice look at religious life over there. I don't know any paper in the, that we have here that, that is similar to what they have there. Anyway, this is from the January 21st issue. Regarding Ragens, now this is a gentleman, <coughs> his picture here with a nice beard. He's a, a Hirsch Leib is his name. Hirsch Leib is Hirsch Leib Hirsch. <coughs> now, interesting. His, his full name is Hirsch Leib Hirsch. And, the, and he um, is in charge of uh, insect infestation and checking and the mashkiach for... Uh, Kadasia, which is the, one of the leading conscious authorities in, uh, in England. And here's what he said. This is what the paper says. Regarding raisins, uh, he says, Kadasia does indeed carry out sample checking as a heather in the following manner. From the raisins supplied for the bakeries, three boxes from each pallet are removed for checking. Boiling water is then poured over the raisins, which are allowed to soak for 20 minutes. Following this, the liquid is filtered and checked out on a specially lit table. This process is repeated three times. By then, the raisins are no longer edible. But if no infestation has been discovered, these samples make the rest of the consignment kosher. Can you imagine how much work is put in there? Boiling water, soaking 20 minutes, three times, checking with the, this tiny, you know, uh, light, with the light, uh, the light box, checking for these little, little things, whether they're bugs or they're not bugs. Because the problem is they get inside. And the soaking will be able to open it up enough to be able to get it out. Um, they'll come out, and you'll see them. But if you don't see them at all, then obviously there is, you know, then their the assumption is that they're not in there. I mean, they, they a very good sample from a very, very large sample and, and thoroughly destroy them. So that's, so then somebody goes and says, Kadasia uses raisins. <coughs> they hold raisins are good. They don't hold raisins are good. They hold raisins are bad, and that's why they're checking them. So if you're ready to go through with the Duvran Kadasia and you get the proper sampling, so then you could be, and you're an expert, everything will be fine. So basically it's empty shell. <laughs> After three times of washing them, of, you know. No, you can't eat those raisins. No, those, those raisins you know, throw out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you'll yeah. see, if you didn't find anything, you know, this is a method of getting the, the bugs yeah, out. But, yeah, I know, but after, after let's say, they don't, they don't find on this, you can eat them? These raisins? Yes, nothing. But, no, but oh, this is not, a sample. This, this is, is a sample. A sample. A sample. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. Took a, he said he took three... Um, he said he takes, he the, took one second. He took he took three boxes with three hundred grams. They moved out for checking. Yeah. So uh, out of each pallet. So each pallet they have a re- a significant representation, and on the basis of that they make a decision. I think it's a very responsible situation, and I don't think that we could do it so easily in our houses. Um, somebody asks you about. Let's say a cautious organization certifies a cereal that has raisins or strawberries. Does that mean there are no bug problems with those raisins or strawberries? Or do I have to go into go according to my minute of not eating those things? Well, this is a question 
I don't mean like answering over the telephone or you know, over the radio or whatever this is, you know, however you're hearing me. I, I just don't like the idea because you may have reasons why you are uh, a market and whom you've spoken to and, and what you hear here and which, which company you're talking about. It's sort of unfair to answer that as a general rule. But I would say this. If that cashless agency is one that you hold is very strict, very, very strict, not just dumb strict, they're very strict, they have a reputation as being very strict, then you have to assume that they did their job. What's this and the shrita? What's this and this and anything else? If, they didn't, if, they, if they're not sincere, they're not doing their job in anything. So if you trust them in one thing, trust them in another. The only thing is that a lot of cautious agencies are not of the opinion, let's say, in the, in the raisins and the strawberries that there's any issue. So that's the problem. If you know it's an organization that takes the raisins and the strawberries seriously <clears throat> and doesn't just say, oh, there's no problem with it, and they do whatever they do, yeah, I would trust them. But if it's, I always did. But, um, but if it's a company, an organization that is just saying, oh, this is all wrong, there's no reason to be machmir at all. There's no, no concern with raisins, no concern with strawberries, then they didn't do anything. <laughs> if they didn't do anything, then you're just as well off as you were before. And then you have to go follow your minig. Okay, I hope I answered your question. Uh, I, for some reason, we don't see anybody calling in. Uh, you can reach us at 718-683-5858. I hope the phones are working. 683-5858. Okay, now, until we get somebody, maybe we won't get anybody, we're going to go back to the discussion we have about the different kinds of myths that exist in Kashvis. So now there are... Some, uh, yeah, let me give you one more story, another, another story which is very important, and that is that uh, years ago, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was eating a certain food. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to get into Shilas or what I was, Russian horror, it's not Russian horror, uh, but it is a certain food that he used to eat, uh, so, and, and uh, some of the people at that time didn't use it. So the question is, um, the Ramosha uh, was, was Makel, he didn't hold any problem. Uh, this, what did it mean? So, when I investigated, I found out that Ramosha Feinstein found out that there were two plants and he used from only one of the two plants. There's a fact that Ramosha Feinstein, in this particular situation, I'm not going to mention what it was, he would only use for his yeshiva and for himself from one of the two plants that the company owned. So that's how far it went. And, and that's why it's so foolish for people to just copycat other people. Right, we have a few calls that are coming in now, so we'll take them and get back to you on other topics later. Okay, you're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? All right. I was in the store the other day, and there was a bag of dull lettuce with a hashgacha labeled... JR Produce with a KAJ uh, sticker saying no checking necessary. Does that mean any dull product with the same package doesn't need checking as well, or that's just on that specific package? I, I, uh, I, I let me let me just tell you what the, I we talked about that on on the show before. First of all, I'm not going to answer you about whether or not this is a, a satisfactory arrangement. 
I'm not going to answer. I'm going to tell you what you're seeing, and you're going to have to take it from that point on. Dole is a big company. It's making lettuce that's used all across America and probably other countries as well. And it's all being made in the, the same place, basically, in California. And maybe they have a couple of different plants or a bunch of different plants. But basically, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one company. And, uh, and this is them. Because a lot of companies are not them. The Dole, I believe, they own their own uh, places, I would guess. So anyway, they are, the Star K gives certification to Dole on some of their products. I don't know which ones they do, which ones they don't, but they certify some of them. Now, when they certify them, they, it, it's the whole volume of everything that's going across America. And every once in a while, they can't get a product to be to their satisfaction. And they say, don't take off the Star K. So you'll have a lot of packages of dough that don't have the Star K on it, and, and the same exact product could be right next to it in the store has the Star K on it. And it's not in the package. It's not, it's not written on the package. It's, it's inkjetted on with the date code. You see the Star K in the, together with the date code. So when you don't see the Star K, that means the Star K doesn't certify it. Now, KAJ is working together with a, a Rabbi Gruber, uh, KIJ is working with Rabbi Gruber and they have a mashkiach in a place that's owned by a company called J&R. J&R buys, let's say, a thousand bags of this uh, lettuce and they're going to distribute it in our area. So they, they, so J&R hired the uh, KIJ and uh, Rabbi Gruber to have a mashkiach to check a sample of the bags that come to them to make sure that they are pretty clean. So they had J and I has so they have a mashkia sitting there, and the mashkia goes through a certain number of bags. I can't tell you how many, and he says on the basis of that he says we can use this today. And then they put a sticker on, and the sticker says K A J and Rabbi Gruber. Now, in case they find too many bugs, then they, they get rejected by the KIJ and Rabbi Gruber. And there's another rabbi who sometimes puts his name on those things that have been rejected by uh, the KIJ and by Rabbi Gruber. Now, this uh, will also come out with a JNR name. So you might find the dole with the JNR with Gruber, Rabbi Gruber, and you might find another, another name on it. So you have to realize that that's what's going on. In addition to that, there's an interesting phenomenon which I heard from both sides. The, st the Star K tells me that sometimes they removed their Star K and it's still coming out with uh, Rabbi Gruber and, and uh, Breuer's Hashkoch on it. And sometimes, the, uh, and many times, the Star K is on the product and Rabbi Gruber and Rabbi uh, and and, uh, and, the, and the KAJ don't put their name on it, so it it it's an interesting thing. It's a very 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 interesting thing. That's that's what I'm going to tell you. 
what you to make of that, I, I can't really help you with, on the, certainly not on the radio. Like this is, not, this is not where we're going, okay? Thank you very much for the okay. call. Okay. Another call? No more calls? Okay. Just okay. So you can call in at 718-683-5858. Okay. I, let me, I do have a lot of people coming in here on the uh, texting. So let me just go on to one or two of those. Somebody's asking, is there a, a, a problem with wild-raised salmon? So again, there's a, there's a confusion. The, you don't wild raised is not you know you don't raise them. They're wild salmon. It, it wasn't raised by anybody. The 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 farmed is the is the one that's you know has according to our understanding doesn't have an anisakis problem. There's an anisakis problem in wild salmon. Very significant. Anisakis are worms. That could be an inch or so long, maybe more, inch and a half of long, like, and uh, you could see them inside the salmon. Now, how come people are buying salmon and they're not seeing it? Because they're in the layers, in between the layers, and they're very thin, and once you cook it up, you're not going to see it. But they're there, and if you use infrared uh, rays, you'll see about 75 in a single portion of salmon that's about for about three inch, four, three, four inches long by two and a half inches wide, uh, about an inch thick. You know, they sell them the little pl plastic frozen pieces like that, you know, put a whole piece of salmon. So that little whole piece of salmon could have like about 75 insects in it. it of course, they're very thin, uh, but they are long and they are visible. And, uh, and they do come out sometimes. I saw them in the in the plastic on top of the salmon. I've seen it. So that's, that's the Anisakis uh, insect. So yeah, there's definitely an issue with, uh, with wild salmon. And um, somebody came to me now with a Hashgacha. Somebody came to me with Hashgacha. They, they saw um, on, a, on, a, on a, I'm not going to tell the details because I'd be most, I would go to very close to the Lush and Horror area. But the, uh, there was a salmon product which uh, says it's wild salmon and it has a shkachos. And uh, they, some, what we'd say is a responsible hoshkacha organization. So how, uh, how about that? So I said, you have to find out what their position is on this because there are many people who don't consider the anasakas to be an issue at all. It's a, it's a whole discussion about science and religion, and uh, the, 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 the truth of the, the Torah, and, and, and you know, and uh, uh, it, it's very, very, very complex. We've discussed it here many times. If you, if you, if you need help on it, anyway, we'll, you'll, you'll find the discussion. It's definitely something you should look into if you haven't heard about it before, but it's too, uh, there's too little time left to go through it tonight. Okay, we have a caller. Go ahead, please. Ron Tosh is on the air. Go ahead. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. You want to talk to you? You're on the air. You are he. Hello, hello. Okay, they're not. They're not hello. Here. Yes, go ahead, please. Yes, yeah. uh, just I'm not sure. I heard when I just turned it on. I heard the word blueberries. I wasn't sure if you. Um, how do you clean properly clean um, blueberries? I don't know. I don't think there is. Is a way. there a way? I don't think so. You see, we're, we're, there. If it would be out, if it would be, if they would be on the outside, I would say yes. 
But the problem is that in addition to being on the outside, very tiny thing called mites and, uh, you know, other things like that. There are probably aphids and all this stuff around there too, but it, it, you could have cleaned off the outside. The problem is mm -hmm. there are maggots inside also. And maggots mm -hmm. are a big problem because it, 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 there's no way to get it out. That maggots is what, what uh, was the problem with raspberries. And, and in general, people have uh, steal away from raspberries today. And it just that's right. what they have here in, the, in blueberries as well. Uh-huh. And can I just ask another question? Um, how do you explain to a, to a very uh, yastrist, yeah. you know, person um, that the, the idea of bugs? Like, it seems that this person does not, does not think that there's any bugs anywhere. I don't think there's any, there's not, no problem with bugs, and 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 just like we breathe in, um, in 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 the air, in the, there's bugs in the air. So how come not, how come Hashem doesn't say that we shouldn't breathe? So like, well, what's, you know, what's, yeah, listen, listen, that, you know, that, uh, you don't you don't need meat for that because the Torah says clearly that the in, insects either have five or six different larvae, five or six different avarus for eating one of them. You don't need us to talk about And if about we don't that. see the bugs? Oh, so that, you're right. If you, something you cannot see at all, and you can't see it, there is no easer in eating it. There's no question we're consuming bacteria all day long. That's not right. a problem. And uh, it, it, it's only consuming something that the halacha defines as a bug. But the, because the, because you, you, you have to understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing this. He loves us. It's not, it's not he, 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 he wants to make us crazy. He loves us. And he wants us mm -hmm. to understand that we have to be very careful about how we, how we speak and how we eat. We have to be careful on both sides. We lost the person. We have to be careful on both sides. What goes into our mouth and what comes out of our mouth. And because of that, he wants us to understand that the smallest thing, the tiniest thing, can create tumor, can create impurity, which can mess you up majorly. It can get you killed if you go in the base of Migdash and your tummy. And you can become tummy from a, a thing the size of a, of, of, of a little uh, lentil seed. So there's definitely, there's definitely, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the halakha is extreme about that. You, a namala is an ant. However big an ant is, even if you remember, if you've seen big Hello? ants. But I have to continue, okay? The, uh, the, it, it, uh, however big you, the ants are that you see, but an ant is still a very tiny thing. And if one eats uh -huh. an ant, then the Torah says it openly. So you have to explain to the people, we're not manufacturing this. If anybody wants to see a little more about it, let them learn Shulchan Aruch Yeridaya Simen Pei Dalit, which is 84. In today's world, you don't have to go to the Shulchan Aruch and go to the Hebrew version. There's a, there is an English translation of the Shulchan Aruch. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. I think it's just called shulchanaruch.org or something like that. And there's another company called um, Safaria, S-E-F-A-R-I-A, and they have uh -huh. this, this forum you can also see. So with, even if without having any swarm in your house today, between HebrewBooks.org and Safaria and Shulchanor.org, you, you, you can get all of these uh, uh, sources. 
And when you look at the, uh, uh, you go to Yeridea, the section called uh, Yeridea, uh, which is eight, 84, pay dollar, mm-hmm. and all the halachas mm-hmm. are clearly explained over there. Okay. Uh-huh. We have okay, more questions. Go much. ahead. You're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yes, hi. Yes, go ahead. Um, okay, so about the salmon fish, the wild salmon fish that you were talking about, does that mean that all wild salmon fish have those worms, or it's just part of them? All wild salmon is potentially loaded with anisakis. And there are those who are makel on the anisakis, and they say that because it's a, uh, in the flesh of the, of the fish, according to the Gemara in the end of the third chapter of Kulin, and in Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Pei Dalet, according to there, it seems be, to be that any worm that's inside the, 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 the flesh of the skin, flesh of the fish, is permitted. So even if these are worms, they are permitted. However, there's a contradictory information because it says that any worm that got into the flesh from the stomach is forbidden. And the assumption was that these worms grew from their start inside the flesh, something that the scientists deny today. So that's a big problem of the science and religion. Rabbi Belsky's Zatzal, I mentioned this on the show of two weeks ago, Rabbi Belsky's Zatzal said clearly, he said from the, from the beginning of creation, from the six days of creation, there never was a worm in the flesh of the fish that didn't come through the stomach. So how did he deal with the Gemara? So he felt the Gemara meant that it got in when it was tiny and it, was, it grew into its full state while it was in the flesh of the fish. But it got in there very microscopically. So I pointed out to him that the Anasakis and certainly, the, uh, certainly large enough when it goes into the fish to be seen. So he said, Adnupshat in the Gemara, he said that, but, but when it goes in, it's inside something else. It's in a, 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 inside seaweed or inside a fish. And so therefore, you don't see it. So therefore, it's also not seen. So that's how we interpret the Gemara. Everyone's struggling with the Gemara and with the science with the Shulchan Aruch, and with the, and that's a very, very big problem. Okay? Okay. Okay, you're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I just wanted to thank you for bringing up the topic that we had discussed earlier. I'm one of your biggest fans, and I don't eat blueberries or raisins now, and I do eat currants. Good. Well, you know, this, this cranberries is also a fantastic product. Okay. And thank you very much for the call. Thank you. We'll see you Sunday. Oh, this boy, I'm going to meet him from Sunday. <laughs> okay, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, please. You're unconscious on the air. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yes, hi. Um, a can of... Um... A can of what? Yeah, a can of... Um, it's a fancy pink salmon, and it's a Hamish hey, Hashkafa, and it's OU. And it says wild caught. Is that that's what we see? He, see here's, what here's what I'm going to answer you. I, I, I talked about this before. I, I, I'm not going to ask you the name because I, I'm afraid I do know the name. And if I don't know, so fine. But 
the the problem here is that we don't have to know who is making the statement. The OU is not concerned about the insects because Rabbi Belsky was Makel and the OU's position is to be Makel and they're not concerned about Anasakis worms and fish. Finished. The um, the the other Hashgacha, the Hamish Hashgacha, it's interesting you're mentioning it and it's good you just said the word Hamish because if it's a Hasidic Hashgacha, which it probably is, a Hasidic Hashgacha, most of them do not concern themselves with the with the Anasakis either. There are some. Can that I do. tell you that the company? No, 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 no. Don't mention, don't mention the name. I'll get the guy to stop talking. Don't mention the name, or we'll have to start talking. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the if it's a Hamish Ashkacha, and it means if if it's Hasidic, they maybe also don't believe that there's issues with Anasakis because they consider it to be uh, apicorsis. The denial of the Torah's truth by saying that you believe the scientists against what seems to be the words in the Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara. Well, I say seem to be because there's other ways to read the Gemara. The word darnami could mean only one specific worm. I don't want to get into details, but definitely there are other ways to learn the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch, but uh, it gets sticky with them. So that might be the situation. And even if they're doing it in an honest way, and they want to, we have to know whom they've assigned and what's the criteria that they have in order to say that the product is anisakis-free. And then that's something you could call the, that Hamish Akashvist organization, and they would tell you. You, you. I don't know if the company would be able to help you or want to help you, but the Hamish Ashkocha that you're referring to will answer your question. You ask them, are you of the opinion that Anasakis is an issue? And if so, why is this okay? And the answer might be that we checked the lots, we do spot checking enough to satisfy us. And, you know, then, then that's a certainly a sincere answer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Go ahead. Another caller. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Yeah, hi. I would like to know, uh, with a convection oven... Um, how do you treat it? In other words, oh. if you eat milk to place it from it, or as long as everything is wrapped, it's okay? How does it work? Why do you want to make convection different than other things? It's an oven. It's an right, oven. This is, a, this is a combo. It's, it's a microwave oven, and it's a, it's a convection oh, oven. Together, okay. one unit. Okay, so I'm not familiar with that product, and I will have to defer to somebody else. My Rebbe taught that microwaves cannot be kosher, and that they're, 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 they become trafe or they become flashics. You can't, can't switch them back and forth. So he, he was very, very careful. But is it, what kind of size is it? Does it look like a microwave or it looks like a real oven? What is it? What size is it? Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a microwave. It's not a very, the microwave itself is a weak one. It's only like 500 watts. Yeah, but how big is this item? How big is this thing? It's, it's not very big. Well, then I would be hushish as a regular microwave halachas, and I wouldn't be. I would only use it for one. Okay, that's what I want to know. Thank you very much. Take good care. Okay, you're on cautious on the air. Yes, I thought you might want to mention the story about the cherries that we got from Utah, and you that all this work that went into getting them. <laughs> that they were kosher. I, we and did they mention didn't have it. A K on them. We did mention it. The lady called here and on the show, and we answered it. Then right just then. 
that, that Very there was good. I'm behind so, the time. Yeah. So yeah, the case was where there is a. It seems there's a packages of um, of, of uh, cherries that have some kind of uh, oil and preservatives that are there that uh, seem to be it would seem to require hashgacha, and because of the oils and uh, there's no hashgacha on the packaging, but uh, our caller had contacted the company, found out there is a rabbi behind it, and the rabbi personally called me to tell me that he isn't char- he's in charge of it. And I said, but I didn't see anything on the package. He said, well, maybe there wasn't on that particular packaging, whatever, but there's no question that he takes responsible for everything when that comes to that plant, that he, and there's an Erlichiyid, the sound from, sounded certainly that way, and it's a very simple thing, just whether this is kosher certified uh, oil. That's basically the whole deal. And I was able to tell, because I got that information, when this woman called in with the same question, she got this package also free. From, and, and, and I said, I don't know the name of the company because I had forgotten that part. But I said, if it's whatever it is then, that you got from a free place around here, then yes, that, that, that came in with a certification from this other rabbi. So, yeah, we answered that. Thank you very much for the call. Take good care. Thank you for your diligence. Okay. Uh, before we go, let me tell you that we're finishing up now on our Pesach issue of Kashas Magazine which is uh, coming out in just a, f- a few weeks. And anybody would like to get the uh, Pesach issue, it's a, an extended issue, it's about 80 pages. And uh, you'll uh, have, we have material in there which is not available from any of the other Pesach booklets. Uh, we have uh, some fantastic material. Um, we have also from CRC in Chicago, puts in a four-page piece. And uh, we have other research that we do, which is unique. And uh, there are a number of things there are not found anywhere else. So if you're interested in getting that and the subscription to the magazine, call us at 718-336-8544. Again, 718-336-8544. You could sign up to Kashas Magazine. Say you heard us on, you heard about it on J-Root Radio, and we'll give you a special offer, uh, the J-Root Special of the Day, because we, we have a number of J-Root Specials we ran. Anyway, so you'll, you'll choose what you like. Uh, or else you, you can contact us by kashrus at aol.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol.com, or call us at 718-336-8544. Thank you for listening to Kashrus on the Air. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, wishing you a wonderful week.